welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Painted with Torlando. In this episode, Torlando talks with Jason Phillips about getting out of the contractor prison. This episode is sponsored by Angie Leeds, Answer Force, Breakthrough Academy, and Company Cam. Welcome to Paint Ed. My name is Torlando. I am your host. So glad to be here. Uh, the expo season is upon us. And soon enough, we are going to be meeting in Orlando, Florida together, March 2nd through the 4th. And uh, it is so much fun. I've got a guest on today that, uh, that we met at Expo. That was the first place that we met. Um, we have met at a couple of them. And the last time that we hung out, I think it was in Phoenix, and uh, we had a really the the night time, the nightlife there in Phoenix. That was a that was a riot. We had a lot of good food. We had a lot of good time, and uh, and so I'm really excited to have Jason Phillips on the show today. Uh, contractor millionaire. Uh, the guy is a, a bundle of energy. He's he's wholesome. He's good. He's honest. He uh, he's a, a teacher. He's generous with his with his uh, giving and his thoughts and and uh, and uh, honestly he's he's mentored me through uh, through different stages and I'm just so glad to have him on and I'm so glad that he's going to be one of the presenters at Expo in Orlando and uh, March second through the fourth. Uh, you're not going to want to miss his session. Uh, quick announcements: If you want to listen to this. Uh, podcast, or you want to see it, you know, the video, um, it is available on PC Overdrive. This is an app. It's a lot like um, it's it's the Netflix for painters, and it's $5.99 a month, or it's free with your membership. Go to PCAPaintEd.org and download it or find it on the App Store. Another announcement that we uh, debuted a few weeks ago, few maybe about a month ago, is that the PCA is now offering health benefit plans to members. You guys, this is huge. We are in a world where where workers are so hard to come by and being able to differentiate yourself as an employer comes down to what do you have to offer the person working for you? There's so many companies out there that, that offer different things, that are offering a, a minimum wage, um, you know, what I, what I mean by that is a higher minimum wage than the government's minimum wage. Okay. Like companies are raising the minimum wage and it's harder and harder to compete on dollar per hour. You got to have something that differentiates your company. Uh, you know, of course, culture is one of them, but the benefits, the healthcare, the health of their family, that is something that matters to people. And the PCA is, is, I think at this point, the only trade association across trades that's offering something like this, go to medical, uh, PCA medical benefits.com to learn about enrolling your team in 
health plans. All right. So last week uh, I had uh, Garrett Martell on and we started talking about the idea of the contractor prison. And uh, that was a word combination that I had not heard before. And, it, and I, and I'm, thinking that it's originating from Jason Phillips here today. And it's been on my mind. When I think about a prison, I think about your freedoms being taken from you. It's your own doing, usually. The things that you've done, the actions that you've taken, have put you into a tiny box where you can't do the things that you want to do because of the choices that you've made before. I think I've been there a time or two. I think I really have. And getting out of prison, contractor prison, requires a little bit of personal reform. It requires some change, some rehabilitation. Uh, it requires, in my opinion, mentorship, which a lot of people don't have, which is why they stay stuck in prison, both, both actual prison and this contractor prison. So I'm going to bring Jason on and he's going to, he's going to coach us through this. He, he, uh, he's got such a powerful story. Uh, you know, when I, when I talk about the things, when I've talked to him one-on-one -on -one about the, the hard things that I've gone through and the, and the things that the challenges that, and the messes that I got myself into, his are like 5X, <laughs> and he gets through them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, uh, you know, what am I, you know, oh, that I guess that wasn't as hard as, as, I, as, I, as it needed to be, but I made it so. But it's people like Jason, people that I bring on the show here that um, are going to help us to really, really get out of our own personal contractor prison. Everybody, let's welcome Jason Phillips to the show. Hey, Jason, welcome. Hello. What kind words, Torlando. Thank you. All deserving. All deserving, my friend. I, I am I am such a fan. I am such a, uh, yeah, I, I feel indebted to you. Uh, you inspire me every time that we talk. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Well, likewise. Likewise. It's, uh, it's my pleasure, pleasure to be here today to, uh, uh, to share with you guys. The yeah. Community. Yeah, thank you. So, so Jason, you you you've been talking about this idea of the contractor prison, and you know, I think the way that you describe it, you know, there's there's only you. I feel like you can only describe the clank if you've been in the clank. <laughs> you know? Exactly. You know, and there's, you know, before we talk about the contractor prison, a part of that, I want to say this: you, everybody listening, you would be surprised at the amount of very successful companies out there who have lived on the edge of brink of disaster and made it through sometimes more than once. Mm -hmm. So if they can do it, you can do it too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so tell me a little bit about your, you know, your, your past here, because I, because, you know, I, I don't think that any human moves from grace to grace. Um, there had, there have, there, you've had to have some times in your life where you've you've felt the pinch, you've felt the squeeze. What 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 was the early, what was your early career like? 
Okay, so my early career is I was, uh, before I started my company, I was working uh, for another painting company, and I was selling uh, in sales. And the, the, uh, uh, the company was being bought out by another guy who came in and was running the company. Well, he was running it into the ground, and, you know, they, they, say, uh, uh, they say, you know, to him who has a hammer, uh, every, every problem is a nail. Mm-hmm. Well, the, to him who has a scalpel, every problem is, is the solution is to cut. Mm-hmm. And this guy was, uh, uh, he, was a, he was he was a pretty good guy, but he was an accountant, and he did not understand risk and entrepreneurship, and all he did was cut away at the company and every expense, mm-hmm. and uh, began to run the company into the ground. And my you know my my buddies came to me and they're like, hey Jason, he had, it's been a, it's been twelve months since we signed our agreement with him. He hasn't signed he hasn't given us a penny, and we think he's running the business into the ground. And we think you can do this on your own, and we care about you, and we just want to give you our blessing. If you want to go start your own company, you have our blessing. Mm-hmm. And so through a lot of prayer and counsel and, you know, heartache, um, uh, I did that. And I was, I was preparing to go to work. Uh, my brother had lined me up a job at his company in the computer industry. Mm-hmm. And literally, uh, my wife and I, we had one, one child. We were literally getting groceries from our parents' pantries because mm. I didn't have the money. I was five weeks behind on paychecks, mm. five weeks behind. And my credit wow. card was almost at the, at the limit. And I just, I had seen so many injustices in the industry from you know, people like me that were, that were mistreated. I saw uh, uh, customers being treated terribly. You know, maybe we can go into that at some point. And I even saw contractors being, being treated terribly. And, and I just, th- through that, I just thought, you know, this community deserves more. Yeah. And, in, and in my little part of the world, in my community, I want to raise the bar. I want to raise the level of excellence because I believe that, that a well-run business can create win-win situations, win for the company, win for the employees and contractors, and win for the customers all the way around. And so I, I set out to do that. So 1997, I know going way back, showing mm-hmm. my, my age here, <laughs> uh, one, one sunny Sunday or Saturday afternoon, I went and uh, started canvassing. I knocked on like 300 and something doors in that one Saturday, made four appointments, came back, mm-hmm. sold some that evening and sold the last one on Monday. And boom, mm-hmm. I was in business. There you go. And, um, I've, I've never done the painting. I had a paint crew lined up. I used the deposits on my first job to, uh, uh, purchase power washer. There you go. Cause the crew didn't have a power washer. So I purchased yeah. a power washer, lined up the crew and boom, we were in business. And, and I'd say, I haven't looked back. I have, I haven't looked back. But, um, you know, quickly I began to have a, a lot of success because I was, I was focused on, on selling. I was tenacious, had a lot of energy. And guess what? I had no choice but to succeed. Yeah. There was no going back for me. It was either if I didn't sell a job and complete a job and make a customer happy, my family didn't have dinner. Right. So I, I had no choice but to succeed. And so, so the company was growing, you know, uh, Second spring, added a couple employees, other salespeople, people in the office. And, uh, but before we did that, it was me and it was just me and the paint crews. And I was yeah. the carpenter at the time. I said I didn't, you know, I didn't ever paint, but I, I was the carpenter. So yeah. I did carpentry repairs, exterior, interior, residential, remodel painting. But I got to this point where uh, I was making pretty good money, but I was working seven days a week. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd come home from church on Sunday and I'd go back to work in the office, st- working past midnight. I was working probably probably 18 hours a day. 
and I was missing, missing dinners. I'd often come home and my dinner would be covered up under a paper towel and sitting in the microwave and the whole house would be asleep Mm. and, uh, missing recitals, t-ball games, all that, all that stuff that is, you know, it's like, why am I doing this? Most important things in my life are, are getting ignored. But, you know, I, I knew that as, as the man of my family, I had to provide, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was doing that and I, I was faced with a decision to Orlando that I said, I cannot keep going this way. I can't run myself ragged and my family doesn't deserve this. And so I, I, I had a decision. I said, I can either pull back, work less, make less, or I can build a team Yeah. to help me. Yeah. And I chose the latter. Very good. Team, and I'm very glad I did. Good, good. So, you know, this, this point of uh, just working, you know, 18 hours a day, um, I, I, I bet that there are some people listening right now that they're just like, you know, I'm doing 20, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're right in the middle of it, right, right in the middle of it. Um, what is the importance of understanding the value of time? Wow. Well, you cannot replace it. I mean, we, we know these things, but they're not top of mind awareness. You can always earn more money. You can recover a loss, finan- a financial loss later. Gosh, you can, you can even restart your business later. Mm-hmm. But you will never get your time back. And the, you know, the, the relationships, the, your health, some of that stuff you can, you can restore, but sometimes it gets a little too far gone. And your, your life, your time, your loved ones, your health, they are precious. They're far more precious than money. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely true. So, so one of the things that I've I noticed is a, a theme for you and, and, you know, if, if you guys aren't following him on uh, LinkedIn, he posts a lot on LinkedIn, a lot of, a lot of inspirational uh, business leadership type things, really uh, writes articles, really, really great article content. Um, one of the themes that I, I hear you talk about is this idea of freedom. What is the, what is the, what is the formula for freedom? Well, in a business sense, it's time and money. So, you know, where I was at, the story I just told was I started out with a lot of time mm-hmm. and no money. Yeah. And I exchanged my time for money. Then I had a lot of time, but I was bankrupt on money. Mm-hmm. And so as I began to think differently, work differently, I began to have time and money. And when you have time and money, you can, you can go and do as you, you know, as you please, so to say, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now there's more than just time and money for freedom. There's health, relationships, sure. things like that. Spirituality, okay. sure. Absolutely. And, but, you know, just strictly in the, in the business sense, <clears throat> when, you can, when you can have time and money, you're now free to do the other things. Maybe, maybe it's improve. Maybe you need a little freedom to begin to improve your business. Mm-hmm. And from there, now you start getting time back. So we're always trading something. Yeah. We're always trading something. It, we may be trading, uh, you know, uh, a bad diet for health. And we can, you know, we can say, well, we're giving up something. I like to say I'm trading up for something better, whether it's in my health or my business or, or whatever it is. But, but as we, we, you know, we start off and we're in this survival phase. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You can, be, you can be years and years or decades into your business and you can still be in the survival phase. Yeah. And uh, which is you're just, you're just going like crazy just to make ends meet. 
you know, you've got, you're, you're trying to make payroll, trying to deal with the taxes, trying to answer the phone, trying to handle customer problems, vendor problems, supply issues, all that stuff that, all that stuff that we've been dealing with and, and you're frantic. And there's a difference between, you know, working with, with urgency mm-hmm. and being in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Being in a hurry is, is, uh, error prone. Yeah. It's, it's a frenzy. It's frantic. And you're just, you know, like the Tasmanian devil chewing through things without much thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, working with, a, you know, working with, uh, uh, working with urgency is like, I think of urgent care in the emergency mm-hmm. room. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they know exactly what they're doing, but they're working with urgency to save a life. Mm-hmm. And so when you, you know, when you talk about time, uh, I want to work urgently while I'm at work. Yeah. So I have more time to, be free to vacation and be with my family and do the things that I love and serve yeah, and such. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I when I when I think of that, you know, I I look back to the difference between when I was painting just to kind of get by, and when I was painting to provide. And and there was a big there was a big difference because I I started my painting company when I was in college. And, you know, the reality was that, you know, I was, I went to art school. I was thinking about how am I going to become an artist? I wasn't thinking about how, you know, how to build a, a, a painting company, but I was painting during the summers. It was, you know, getting me, you know, at least partway through the, through, through the school year. Um, it was flexible enough, you know, with the schedule and everything. Um, and then that couple years after college, when, you know, being an artist is, uh, challenging <laughs> it's more possible today with these these any nfts and stuff but but back then you know it's just like whoa what do we do uh and so you know i just kept going with the painting company but it really wasn't until i got married and had a kid that the the fire was lit and and all of a sudden uh the business wasn't this thing that you know it's like Oh, I got some work. That's, you know, that's good. Got a little extra cash, uh, you know, a little, little weekend fun here, you know, pay my, my $250 rent, which is <laughs> what I was paying back then. That's hard to believe. <laughs> but, but today, uh, or, you know, fast forward when I had a kid, all of a sudden, um, that pressure, uh, the, the, the responsibilities, the, the, the urgency, the, the, the hurriness. I mean, I just, I was, I was working like every day I was, I was running out of time. I had, uh, I had to put everything out and, you know, I, I just, when I'm looking, when I look back at it, I think about the fact that I really had more time than I thought, you know, like I, I really could have slowed down. I really could have paced myself better. I, that would have been better for my relationship, better for, for my family, and ultimately probably better for my business because, um, you know, I, I might have been a little bit more selective in terms of the choices that I made. Absolutely. So, you know, I, and, and, and what you're saying here resonates with me because I feel like, you know, I feel like a lot of, uh, a lot of my business career, um, you know, we had successes and failures. Um, but I felt like a lot of it, especially once the kid happened, uh, I feel like I spent a lot of those early days in survival mode. Um, how do we get out of that? Well, the first step is recognizing that you're, that you're in that survival mode, right? Yeah. 
And uh, now there's survival mode of making the ends meet. And then there's this survival of, well, I'm making the ends meet, but I don't have any time. And I'm, I've got all these, I'm juggling all, and are spinning all these plates and I've got to keep all these spinning, right? And how do you, how do you get out of that? If you, you have to create some, what I like to say, wiggle room or elbow room mm-hmm. for you to plan and work on your schedule. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a, maybe that's a getaway. Mm-hmm. Take a weekend and focus, shut off the phone. What, or maybe it's a certain time of day or day of the week when you can do it on a regular basis, but you have to make your, you have to get better. You have to change your mindset. Everything you were saying earlier. Okay. You have to change your mindset, change what you spend your time on. Mm-hmm. And you know, so many th- so many times what leads us to early success uh, in our business is is this this go get them I can do it attitude this bravado of I don't need anybody I can do this and we plow through and we get started but but that mindset becomes a limiting mindset because because now everything depends on us mm-hmm. if we stop if we stop or we go if we go away for a day the business does this, the customer service, the profit, it does this. Right. I, I like to say the wheel is still spinning, but the hamster's dead. Right. And, and sometimes you can, you can feel like that. Well, the, the solution, the, the summary of how to get out of contractor prison. Okay. Is it, what I, what I would say is my three steps. It's they, they sound real simple, but mm-hmm. they, they take time. One is, is to become better. And become a leader, mm-hmm. a better leader. And there's a lot that goes into the subject of leadership. And then, but you've got to become a better leader so that you can then build a team. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's, it's, it's leadership, it's building a team, and it's simple systems. Mm-hmm. Simple systems. And, you know, in, in the community, you hear a lot of people about building systems, a lot of talk about building systems, building systems. Well, as your company grows, there comes a point in which the owner can't keep up with building and improving all the systems. Yeah. You have to, you have to build people and delegate ownership to them so that they can own the process of actually building out processes for you. Right. And so that's, that's another level. There's all these levels of plateaus that you can hit and it all requires thinking different. Yeah. When I was early in my business, and I started building a team. I was building all these systems to make myself a personal powerhouse, whether it's automation or my CRM or any of this stuff. And it worked. But now all of a sudden, I couldn't hand it off to the next guy. Yeah. And if I could hand it off, it was fragile. And if something broke down, they couldn't fix it. So now guess, guess who's back in contractor prison again? Right. Jason's back in contractor prison because he built fragile systems instead of what I like to call easy bake systems. Right. And, and so easy bake systems are, are easy to learn. They're easy to transfer and they're very, they, you know, deliver repeatable results every time, just like the, you know, easy bake oven. Yeah, for sure. I actually have two easy bake ovens right up here as they're everything, everything you see behind me, you can't really see it all right now is all symbolic in some way. It's every, every single thing in here, my studio. Oh, I can, and <clears throat> so look at that. So I mean, I could, I could, uh, like, see, there's one, oh, yeah. one there, one there. 
And so ev- everything that I have here is, is symbolic in some way. Yeah. And so there's, there's a story behind all of it. But, <clears throat> but becoming a better leader, you know, there's a difference between being a boss and being a leader. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but really leadership skills. There's the, traits, there's the traits of a leader, who you are. And then there's the skills that it really takes to lead and develop people. Yeah. And it takes time. It takes time to become a better leader. And there's not like an immediate reward necessarily on it, but it's investing in yourself. And it's not like pay-per-click where you go put a dollar in and, or however many dollars in to get a lead. Right. right. Okay. It's planting seeds in yourself that are going to then bloom in who you are. And then you're going to be able to raise up other people. But you know, there was a time again, if, if we want to talk about Jason's failures, we can sit here all day. I've been failing and winning for 25 <laughs> years. Right. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, there was a time when I had, uh, I was making, we, we were doing like 13 million a year, mm-hmm. making really good money, had plenty of time, but there was still something lacking. Mm. I didn't have peace of mind mm. because the, the, the management and leadership that I had on my team, we didn't have a foundation of trust. Mm. We did not have a foundation of trust. And when I realized what was going on, I tore my company back down to the ground and started it back over. Wow. By becoming a, by becoming a better leader myself. Yeah. And building a new leadership team that I can trust. Yeah. So today I have time, money, and, and peace of mind. So my freedom today is on a whole new level than it was years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. There's so many, so many good uh, things to just think about and digest. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, y- you mentioned the idea of simple si- systems. Uh, you know, I, you know, we, 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 there are a lot of groups, Facebook groups. You know, the Pain Ed group is one. There are a few others out there, and people are willing to share and. There are times where I look at some of the systems that people are testing out and figuring out, and it's just like, this is really complicated. Like, do you, like, there are a lot of pieces of paper that your painters who just like specifically don't want office jobs, so they're painters, and you're basically <laughs> giving them a binder of paperwork. It's like that. I don't know. Uh, but the idea of simplifying, I've I've personally found so so important, and I and I think I had to learn that um, just you know really out of necessity. Like I, I remember uh, in my company there came a point where you know with uh, cabinet refinishing that that kind of became you know uh, it became very popular at some point, um, and and you know as that was becoming popular you know nationwide, it started to become popular for us. Well. Uh, I go ahead and, and purchase an HVLP, um, but I, I I'd already been out of the field for a few years at that point, so you know I don't know how to I don't know how to run an HVLP, uh, and and so am I going to be able to sit here and create a system around that? Am I gonna am I going to be able to dedicate the time and the hours to learn how to you know become a HVLP spray technician? No, absolutely not. Uh, so I needed a, a a way to figure it out, and and you know what I did, for better or for worse, I, I put it into the hands of 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 uh, the person who's going to be painting the cabinets. I said, here's here's the tool, uh, you know, we we got to figure out how to how to use it. You know, here's some here's some boards. Figure out a system, write it down, and 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 do it, hone it in. You know, 
And I and I think I I think I actually called the um so we we bought like a Titan HVLP the like the cap spray system and and I I I talked to my Sherwin rep and he actually called the the Titan rep and the Titan rep came and did a demo which is something that you guys can do uh, by the way listeners um, you can call your your vendor reps and they will actually come and and teach you how to do stuff uh, which is uh, which is really good um, but the the point here is that from what I'm getting is that you need to find the people who you can entrust to build your business. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Torlando. It's, it's one thing for you or I or any business owner to have um, a team of frontline workers that we're leading. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's, there's two levels, the frontline workers and you Mm -hmm. now, when you want to put in management, production manager, sales manager, Okay, there's additional layers. And, you know, they always say water is purest near the source. Mm-hmm. And the more hops you get away from you as the owner or the expertise, the more mm-hmm. diluted it gets. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's very important to over-communicate clarity. Mm-hmm. And the best way to over-communicate or one, the supporting way of over-communicating clarity is make sure that you always have a measuring stick for your system. Your system needs to be written down. Now, like you said, you don't want to hand the guys in the field, okay, uh, a manual to read, but simple checklists, flow charts, things like that, Mm -hmm. visual things are very easy to follow. And so many things can be boiled down to to visual aids. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got like someone that's going to thrive in your, someone that's going to thrive in your accounting department, okay, they're going to want every nth detail documented. Mm-hmm. Well, your people on your sales team, th- that is not going to work with them. Yeah. It's just going to become white noise in about one second yeah. for, that, for that personality. And that's part of being a leader is understanding yourself and understanding others. And, and you know, I'm a huge fan of disc profiles. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I'm such a huge fan, made such a difference in my life, my family, my company. I went and got two certifications on, yeah. on, disc, on, on disc profiles. And, uh, so, uh, and, and Jennifer, our human resources manager, she has, has a certification as well. It is, it will, it will transform the way that you hire, lead, manage, and, uh, in, in your relationships as well. And that's just, that's part of leadership development. A lot of people overlook it, but really understanding how to communicate. One of the worst things you can ever say as a boss or manager or leader, or whatever is, well, that's the kind of boss I am. Mm-hmm. They don't like it. They can get out of here. Well, guess what? They're going to get out of here. Mm-hmm. They're going to go find some other place. What a, what a good manager, good leader does is they understand that workings of the people around them and they adapt their communication style mm-hmm. to bring about success. And they can appreciate people that think different and communicate different than them. Yeah. That's, that's what a real leader does. Yeah. 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 I, there's, I'm, I'm feeling tempted to go down a tangent. I think I'm just going to go with it. So <laughs> you mentioned this, this, uh, this disc profile and, and I'm going to try and keep it, I'm going to try and keep this tangent close to, to what we're talking about here. And, and this is the importance of uh, understanding your people so that you can build a team that will give you the, the time, give you your time back. Right. So you know, with, with disc profile and, and just like, if you were to look at mine, which is, uh, I guess I'm putting you on the spot here. You said you got two certifications. So I'm putting you on the spot here. If you were to look at mine, 
I'm probably a uh, middle lowish D, pretty high I, no surprise there. Um, medium to low S, very low C. Where do I where do I fit in your company? Do I fit? <laughs> okay, no, that's that's first of all, that's a great profile. Now, we we um, we want to build we want to build well-rounded teams, mm-hmm. but we need to realize we are not well-rounded individuals. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, sometimes we want to focus on our weakness. We want to make straight A's. Okay, that's what mm-hmm. we want to in our education system make straight A's. But in reality, you're good at English. I'm good at math. Whatever. And in the work world, we need to work to our strengths. Yeah. Okay. Now, someone, someone with, uh, with a high eye is going to be great at influencing people. They're going to be, they're going to be great at influencing people. They, they, um, they like to be liked. And, mm-hmm. that's, and that's a good thing, right? Now, with, with a he- someone with an S, they have a lot of empathy. And you're a, very, you're a very empathetic person. Matter of fact, the first time that I met you, um, I, was, I was totally inspired by you. There was a, mm. <clears throat> there was a, a situation... We were, it was, a, it was, it was at a PCA event. It was after mm-hmm. hours. Everybody was hanging out in the hotel lobby. There were a bunch of groups of people sitting around chatting and, and there was, there was a, a party nearby us mm-hmm. and they were rowdy. They were, they were drinking. And one of the guys, it was his birthday. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> and every, you know, what do they do? What is, what do people do on their birthday? You want to give them shots, shots, shots. Right. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and so eventually this guy gets up to go to the elevator to go to mm-hmm. his room. Mm-hmm. And I watch I, you and I are sitting right next to each other and he gets up to walk to the elevator and his cup is just sloshing everywhere mm-hmm. and in my mind. And he goes, and he leans up against the elevator door. And in my mind, I'm going, man, that poor guy. Mm-hmm. When you, you hopped up, went over and grabbed him by the arm and walked him to his room. And I'm like, why did I not think about that? Now that you saw it, I'm like, heck yeah, yeah. man, that guy needs help. I want to help him. Yeah. But it was not at my top of mind awareness. That's just not, but you, on the other hand, it was your top of mind. That was just your instinct because you had yeah. that, that empathy that, that I'm lacking, you know, and uh, it's Thank just, you. it's not that I don't care. It's just that yeah. it's not on my radar. Right? Sure. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, my wife, when I showed her my strengths finder back in the day, I think you guys have done strengths finder what you get like, was it 34, 35 on the list? Literally like number 33, the lowest thing on the list for me is, is empathy. Mm. And she looked at me and she's like, Oh, I just always thought you were a jerk, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but, but you know, your position, you know, it sales, someone customer facing, Mm -hmm. you would be amazing at. Okay. And, uh, for instance, if you, you know, someone with a high C mm-hmm. is going to be better uh, in your accounting department. Mm-hmm. They, love to f- they love the systems. They love the detail. Mm-hmm. High S is going to really coddle and take care of those customer service issues. They're going to give people warm fuzzy on the phone mm-hmm. and in person. That's great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, now, your salespeople, they need, they need a high D. It can be a DI can be a dc depending on the way your sales system is set up i see okay in our environment dcs thrive very well because we have a systematic way of selling very mm-hmm. systematic way c's love systems mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh and they have the d they're not afraid to 
ask the hard questions, which we can go into sales process another time. That's a whole, you know, yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. Totally. on its own. But, but there's, you know, some, some people uh, may, may look like they're going to be great in sales, but their need to be liked is greater than their need to win. Mm. Okay. And when, and when sitting down trying to discuss price or build value with a homeowner, um, they're going to make a decision to be liked rather than to ask the hard question. Mm. Okay. I could see myself falling into that for sure. And, and, but, but then you got some other people you're like, of course, not a big deal. And it's just, we're all built beautifully, but we're all built differently mm-hmm. and finding, you know, just because, you know, sales, some people may be great in, in, uh, as a, uh, relationship seller, like for instance, uh, uh a paint rep selling mm-hmm. uh, paint to contractors is a totally different disc profile than the person who's doing short cycle in home sales. Mm-hmm. different sale, but both sales and yeah. understanding how those work. So, you know, you can, once, once you start having a basic understanding, that's the thing I love about disc is it's easy. It's a simple system. That's easy to help my people. The language of disc is all throughout my company. Mm-hmm. It's all throughout my company. And it has really made a, a difference, not just in me, but all, all around. So, uh, but yeah, you, you definitely need to be a customer facing person. You make people feel included. Okay. You make people laugh and smile and smile and you're inspiring all of that. You, you've got to be a people facing person. You're not going to don't stuff you back in the factory somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. So I, you know, I, I appreciate you walking down that tangent with me because I think that that fills in really well with the fact that you said that at some point you, you know, the, on, on the PL, your company was looking really great, but the culture of your company was uh, was not right. And so it sounds like educating yourself, building yourself as a leader. I mean, you're ba- you're really backing up what you're talking about here. Figuring out how to get people in that fit your culture, what you need, but then getting them in the right place seems like it's so important to your. Uh, to your overall uh, success in terms of getting the right people there. But then you, you talk about this third phase, right? If, so if the first phase was, you know, just survival and getting out of survival mode, and the second phase is success. What's the third phase? So the third phase is significance. And, you know, and everybody's, okay, everybody's definition of success can be different and it's okay to be different. Mm-hmm. But in this, in this instance, when I say success, I mean you're having financial success. Your business is growing and thriving. Okay. But now there's the significance part comes when you can disconnect from your business and realize that your business isn't your life. Your business, you don't exist to serve your business. Your business exists to serve you so that it can power you with the financial resources and the time that you need so you can go and do the things in life. Maybe you want to be a missionary. Maybe you want to write. Maybe you want to teach. Maybe you want to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to spend time with your children, your grandchildren, whatever it is. And you can begin to uh, impart your life to other people on new levels when you have that time and money freedom. You can begin to have that significance in your life that, that you you didn't have the time for or the money for when your nose was to the grindstone mm-hmm. running your business day by day. Yeah. What are, for you, what are the things that you look for in terms of, of significance? What makes you feel that? 
Simply put, adding value to others. My calling on this earth is to lead, inspire, and empower people to discover who, they, who they're created to be, become leaders, and make a difference in this world. Awesome. And when I'm doing that, starting with my own family, mm. and then I call it my circles of love. I have my, fam- my, my, circle, my closest circle of love is my family. Mm-hmm. And then, then my, my company community. And we, we call that our Team Mali. We took team and family, we there smashed them together, we call it Teamily. That's our culture that we have now is Teamily. Awesome. Awesome. Jason, you're going to be uh, speaking at, in uh, March at Expo. Um, folks, make sure you go to this this talk. It's going to be really good. Um, thank you so much for being on the show today. I've appreciated it. Um, I'm always inspired by you. I'm always, you know, I always walk away from our conversations thinking, oh, that, you know what, this is what, this is what my team needs right now. This this one thing, this is what my team re- needs right now. And, and I'm going to take it back to the B and say, guys, we got to do this. Uh, thank you so much, Jason. Thanks for having me, Torlando. All right, folks, there's Jason Phillips. Uh, what uh, what an amazing individual. Um, like I like I told him, you know, directly. Uh, yeah, he always he always he always gives me the warm fuzzies. You know, I'm always feeling good. Uh, after I talked to Jason and I feel inspired to achieve, you know, inspired to achieve. And, and that's, and that's what this show is about. It's really about giving you guys the daily uh, resources and input in your ear to just encourage you to take this next day and to, and to just make it a tiny bit better than the day before every single day, just a tiny bit better you know what? It may not look like much now, but one year, two years, three years down the line, um, those tiny improvements are going to make a big impact in your life. Um, I want to see you in Orlando. Okay. Come down, meet me. All right. We'll be down there. Come to the, come to the show. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Thank you for listening to Paint Ed. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.